Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Hello and what's going on my people? Welcome to episode 57 of the Lions Den, a Gullet Sarai podcast done by the community for the community on this rainy yet great day. I'm your host Emre and alongside me, which I'm sure most of you guys have missed, is my neighbor, the Mensch Yasin. Yup, another all-American podcast. It's just you and me today. Yasin, how you feeling? What's good, bro? Yeah, I miss you guys. Last week, um, unfortunately, I missed the game and the podcast, but you and Sali held it down. So good on you guys. This time, Sali is MIA. He had a wedding to attend. Can't give him crap for that. But uh, a, a he huge, has two. He has two. Oh, he has two weddings. He has two weddings. Yeah. And speaking of two, uh, he apparently predicted the score correctly. Uh, so the week prior was me. This time it was him. Credit to you, Sali. Hopefully, we can continue to predict these wins and win the championship in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, truly will be missed today. But it's just you and me, American style. You can't complain about that. Can't go wrong with that. So happy to be here, bro. Well, we're happy to have you too, friend. You're the guy. You're the, you're the main. <laughs> so, Yasin, we won against uh, Silva Sport today 2-0. But before we get into that, what is on the horizon for Galsaray? news and events what you got for us um so there's actually not too much news uh, i know you guys recorded the podcast only a few days ago and um i think between then and now there was only one real big event and that's the groundbreaking ceremony for our new training facilities which will be called kemer burgas metin oktai facilities um you know great great person great name to pick for the the future of our training grounds Obviously, Florida uh, has been great for us for quite some time. Lots of memories, lots of historic players, iconic. legends, iconic legends and players have gone through there. Fatih Terim obviously owns that damn pitch. You know, I, every time I think of that pitch, I think of Fatih Terim. But um, it's it's time to move on to something newer and better. Not because the last training ground wasn't great, but because... The aspirations for this club is only getting bigger and bigger. Uh, we want to make sure that we provide a good training ground to our youth team, our A team at the top-notch facilities. I mean, it doesn't matter what sport you follow. Big teams, big clubs are always improving and renovating and you know, bringing something new to what they do regularly, whether that's a stadium Look at Real Madrid. They're completing their new stadium next year. Not that their stadium, old stadium was bad, but because they just have bigger ambitions. Bigger aspirations. Exactly. And for us, this time, it's going to be our training facilities. And yeah. what, I, I can't trust nobody more than Arden Tumur and his NEF team. That's what they specialize in. And they already started. So I really can't wait to see what that looks like. And, and I hope, Emre, actually, that they maybe even open like a tour or something in the future where... Fans can attend, you know, the training facilities and just look around when the players are not there. I, I think that might be a really nice touch, but maybe too early to speak on that. But definitely exciting yeah. times ahead. They have a ton of land as well. So I'm sure they'll have some attractions for people 
fans in general. But you mentioned Fatih Terim. Fatih Terim was at the ceremony. I miss the Hoja so much yeah. seeing them smile. And he even goes, Beylad, it looks <laughs> like you, uh, you guys missed me. And indeed we did, Hojam. And one Absolutely. thing you mentioned that I didn't want to cut you off, but like the Floria, you said it was his grounds. I remember someone saying that, I think during Unal Aysal's um, period, he had somebody, I, well, like he had the team construct a place where he can sleep and spend the night at Floria and work from. That's how dedicated this man was. I remember like there was this one picture after a uh, the celebrations after a championship, the whole Floria training ground was just filled with people yeah celebrating and he was like on the balcony man that's it's that's, uh we're gonna leave behind some great memories man, that's man. nostalgic actually like that that's that's iconic you know just think of seeing Bati Terim on the balcony with the players looking down and you see nothing but the fans screaming looking up with their banners and you know the what do you call it the the fire sticks whatever they're called the flares? The flares, man. Incredible scenes. And hopefully, maybe we can replicate that in a new new place next season. But Hopefully, hopefully. Let's see how that goes. It really does I look w- good. I, w- I wish they dedicated a spot and named it after Fight Tedim, but I don't know. We don't we don't do that. Galsara doesn't do that. Maybe when I'm he- I'm sure we will. You know, I'm sure we will in the future. Down the line. Yeah, yeah. in the future. Um, But yeah, no. There was a ton of people. You know, one thing that I wanted to mention was- that whole ceremony, you had people that you never thought would you would see people together, right? You had Unal Aysa, you had Fatih um, Terim, Burak Elmas, all in the same scope, Abdurrahim mm-hmm. Al-Bayrak, right? Mm-hmm. They, like the, the fact that these people can put away their differences and just come together for Galserai shows how we are right now. Like how like our ties are really close right now. And it's it's great to see that we've, you know, mitigated this issue within the team where it's like us versus them within the club, you know? It's not like that anymore, it seems. And like, again, props to Dursun Özbek, mm-hmm. you know, who we gave a lot of issues to when he was elected. Who would have known that the man who almost destroyed the club finances <laughs> would be able to turn things around? Like zero to 100, the glow up. I, I don't know, man. I've never seen something like this. Have yeah. you? Nah, man. Uh, we we write hashtag concentration every single week, and that's not just for marketing purposes. That is truly how this club and fans feel at the moment. I mean, it's not just a May thing. We say May star bizimdir, May is ours. But you know, it, in fact, it's been like this all season. And you've you've heard journalists mention it many times from the very early on. They're they're saying Justin, that people, Yasin, Justin, Justin, Fenerbahce wants to get rid of the month May. <laughs> you know, I'd believe it. I'd believe it. If if somebody said to me, Fenerbahce wants the season to start earlier and finish earlier so it doesn't go into May going forward, I would believe it because <laughs> listen, that's that's it's not a good month for them, to say the least. But um It is not. Yeah, man. Everybody's put their differences aside. There there's one thing on everybody's mind, and that is a championship. They see the players. The coach, one of our very own, Okan Buruk, everybody's focused. And there's not much left until we can be celebrating. I mean, I'm sure some people have already started the celebrations. I think we still do need to remain humble and realize that yeah. anything can happen. The, you know, they say in soccer, the ball is round. Anything can happen. That is still the case. You know? Yeah. 
So let's let's stay focused and hopefully we finish strong. Look at Arsenal. Look at um, Bayern. Bayern just lost today, three one to Leipzig. Okay, so if they can sell and bottle anyone, can. I know people say Galatasaray's winner club. Yeah, we're a winner club, but there's always a first for everything, guys. Don't forget that. You know, you you always gotta stay and remain humble, no matter what the what the cost is. I don't care if we're head by five points, eight points. You know, five to ten. Um, you know, what is his famous words? We can six close the gap between eighteen. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. we gotta stay humble and vigilant, and just be focused. Concentración, por yeah. favor. Yep. Well said. Yeah, man. Well, so I think for, as for news, that's about it, right? What are your aspirations for the club? You were mentioning that teams like Real Madrid are always going above and beyond their scope, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what big teams need to do. Well, Galatasaray is trying to replicate something like that. What are, like, what are your aspirations for this club in the coming years? Maybe in the next five to 10 years, what do you expect from this team? I'd like, obviously, the A team, you know, our, our main team to do well, not just in the league, but in Europe consistently every year. I know that the the Turk you know Turkish league and Turkish federation in general our clubs have underperformed lately so our placement in Europe has gone down and with that our guaranteed spots in Champions League or Europa League have also decreased you know, you know now we have to go through playoff rounds and we'll talk about that definitely as we we finish the season in detail but I'd like to see us succeed consistently there and by doing that I think you create a better name for the club to all football fans around the world. And by doing that, you can attract not only good players in their prime, but younger players, uh, youth players, not just the ones that are in Turkey, but youth players around the world. You know, you can negotiate with them and say, hey, look, we brought, we just created this brand new training facility. You're going to be playing with a lot of other really good young players from all over Turkey. You're going to be playing for Turkey's best football team. I mean, we already are, but you're going to have a better argument for that. And you're going to be training with the Icardis and the Mertens and, you know, the Matas, the, all these big players with the A team time to time. And like your, your training facility is going to be right next to there. So you can watch them. So I'd, I'd like us to build, you know, uh, across all our platforms. Obviously, you want to see our other sports teams do well too, women's teams, uh, other sports as well. But, you know, I, I personally have more of an interest in our football team. So I'd like us to start there. But um, just con- constantly succeeding, I guess. There's a lot we can say, but I think that's a good high-level ambition. Yeah, no, I get that. I kind of agree with you, man. One thing I, that's been bugging me lately is the lack of sponsorships. Um, mm. I don't know if that's going to change in the future because we're going to be going back into Europe with this, you know, particularly strong team. If we can like maintain a Cardi, this whole team basically, Cardi, Rashitsa, you name it, and make some like improved transfers on top of that. Like, wh- how many times has it been? You know, we heard that oh, um, like Arab Emirates, right? The the flying the the airlines was going to sponsor us. This guy was going to sponsor us, give us like ten mil a year, right? How many times did we hear that? Mm-hmm. But no, we're still stuck with uh, you know, 
I'm grateful for a sixth. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like we do need to step up our game, get that bigger and better sponsorship. Because let's face it, the, the Turkish litter is not really where it should be. Mm-hmm. And um, we really need that sponsorships. That's where I want us to improve on. I know it's like, oh, is that like the least of your worries? Yeah, it's, it's like first world problems, yes. But like still, I would like us to get a better deal. Like money is money, I, why is it, I, money I, I is agree. money, Lan. I agree yes, with you. Yes, exactly. That's, that's no, actually, no, I'm, ha- I'm, no money, no honey. I'm really gr- glad you brought that up. And you know, I don't know if it was strategic in the way that we did it, but like you said, last season when Adam Tumor and Uzbek came, they there were a lot of rumors that this this firm or this company is going to sponsor that us too. before that before, as well. Elmas is a term exactly, and I think it actually kind of worked out because. Last year, how much of an argument do you have, Emre? Let's say your golf side club, and you go to a, a company and say, "I want this much for, for you to give me for the next three, four, five years," and they're gonna say, "Well, you're making this much now, and you just finished thirteenth, and your your team is full of all these players that are honestly I've never heard of before. Why would I pay you? I don't know. I'm just throwing." you know 10 10 million years a year maybe it's more maybe less i'm just mm-hmm. using a random number why would i do that what can adam tumor say in that moment what is he going to say i'm going to bring all these stars you can't mm-hmm. sign an agreement to pay a, a team 50 million over five years when on empty promises potentially empty promises but now we can say look we brought all these players and we did this when we just finished 13th place so now we have all these players we're hopefully going to become champions and use that as your argument you say we're going to be in europe and we're going to continue to build this squad even better than last year and then next year we're going to build it even better than last year and we're going to do that with your help as a sponsor we're going to use some of your money to bring in certain players on certain wages and it's just going to build the reputation of galsai and all of europe and turkey is going to see your name consistently so now you have a better argument so maybe by not bringing a new sponsor last season it worked in our benefit. Hashin Hailey Solar. So I hope that in this case, the fact that we didn't find a sponsor worked in our favor. So now we can have a better argument, a better conversation on an even higher amounts. No, so- you're right. Especially after our um our Europa like run, I was expecting maybe a little bit of uh interest from teams around um from mm-hmm. sponsors around the world. But what got me most, you know, frustrated was we kept getting promises. That was what was irritating me the most. And hopefully, now that we actually have, like you said, a reason for people to, you know, sponsor us, I expect alongside the, you know, the new uh, training grounds that our team, our president and the board members find somebody that can actually bring this team to new heights. Look, why do I say this? Because if you look at history, especially in the last couple of years, Ever since we were champions, every team that has been champions the year after, they have crumbled down. You look at Trabzon, they crumbled. You look at Besiktas, they crumbled. Başakşehir, they crumbled, right? Everyone has been crumbling the year after their championship. So I just want our team, our, you know, the people running this club to just keep that in mind. Because what makes the world go round essentially is money. You got the narrow you can make things happen, okay? So that's what I want from the club. It's just being aware and ready for the future. And 
we know that they're working on this right now because uh, they said it multiple times. But no matter how you know busy you are at it, you still need money at the end of the day if you want to get that quality guy, that quality player at the end of the day. For sure. Just 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 saying that. That's that's my main concern. I agree. But yeah. All right. So well, the rest of the lads couldn't make it, unfortunately, again. So they won't be here to talk about our 2-0 win against Siva Spore. So, Yasin, you want to take us into the game? Sure. Um, it was at home and Interestingly, heading into this game uh, a couple days ago, I, I was really hoping that this would be the game where we win and we come, be, we become champions. And that was dependent on Fenerbahce and Trabzon Sports game. Uh, they, they recently played each other. If Fenerbahce had lost points, whether a draw or a loss, and we won this game, we would have become champions. And the reason why I say that is because I think it was our last championship, or no, I think it was two championships ago, it was against Sivaspor at home when we won and guaranteed our place as champion. So I was really hoping for something like that again. But there is no need to rush anything. There is no need to create this ideal situation in our minds. As long as we keep winning like we did, we will become champions. So uh, against Riza Chalambay and Sivaspor, we want to nothing. Our lineup, uh, mostly unchanged once again. Uh, Kazimjan at the left back. Sacha Bowie made his return. He was suspended last game. Leo Dua took his spot, did his job. But Sacha Bowie is our main right back and he returned. Nelson and Bardakche in the middle between them. Lucas Torreira and Sergio in the midfield. Kerem Rashica on the wings. Mertens in the middle between them. And Icardi up top, our goal scorer. Obviously, we have Musare in that. Um... Yeah, none of that was really surprising. I think Sivasport actually I mean, had a lot of missing players today. And I know we discussed it beforehand. Yeah, like seven, bro. Yeah, that I thought it was a good thing. Uh, obviously, you know, I think most people thought it was a good thing. But of course, uh, it's a question mark as well. Because when players who don't normally play get the opportunity, they want to right. show themselves. They, whether it's because they have expiring contracts and they want a new contract in a month or two with a new club or a new one with the Sivaspor as well, they want to prove themselves. So this was a good opportunity for a lot of them. Did they do the job? Clearly not. <laughs> Finished through nothing. They didn't score. They didn't keep a clean sheet. We did our job and we got out of there. Our, our goal scorer, Icardi, did what he does best, what he's been doing for the last seven games consistently, is score goals and help us get the three points. Um, is there anything that you want to touch on that before we get into... I guess. Yeah, no, no, like uh, you were, you you guys heard what I said about the missing players. Um, sometimes I'm not a huge fan of it because, like, when people like Okan Buruk, they probably really study and analyze the tactics of you know the team that's playing and like adjust accordingly, right? And then when you have this many you know people that are missing, sometimes it can be a negative because they could come out with a whole different tactic that you're not ready for and need to adjust to it, right? It could be a problem, but most often, not most people would say, "Oh, you want these players to be missing because they're the you know the difference makers." But yeah, no, like I can't really blame Riza Chalambay this time because he actually had to sit some players out and rest them because I believe they actually have a game in four days. In four days, a Turkish Cup game, so they need to um, preserve players. 
kind of sucks for them, but that's what happens when you have, you know, when you're in two different tournaments, right? Turkish Cup and the league game. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, like you said, if it would have been nice to, you know, claim the championship in this game. But, you know, there's a, like you said, Hashane Hayurvadar. There's a reason for everything, bro. For sure. Sure. But yeah, no, take us into the game and let's just get into it. Get to dirty, nitty, gritty details. I mean, I ideally, I'd like to spend a little bit more time just discussing general observations. But just to go through a couple main points, controversial positions and goals. Uh, we found our first goal in the 13th minute, which was... A relief, to say the least. I think when you're at the end stretch of the season, every single game is really important. Every single goal you get is super important. And every single minute that you are not leading your game, it is stressful. <laughs> I don't want to speak on behalf, oh, of, behalf of everybody, but I was very stressed. I mean, even beyond that too, but we got our nice goal in the 13th minute. Kenem tried to play a through ball to, I believe, Rashica, who made a, a run across the forward line behind the defenders. Defender cleared it. But right back to Kedem. Kedem didn't spend a lot of time. I believe it was a one-touch pass immediately to Cardi on the right side. Perfect through ball. Like he said, keep running. You don't have to slow down. I'm going to pass it perfectly in your path. That's exactly what happened. Goalie came out too slow. Cardi's too fast. Cardi slotted that in the net. I loved it. And, you know, they, they seem to have some sort of special connection because apparently... Icardi and Kerem have assisted each other seven times this season. That is a fun little That's stat. That's wild. That's a fun little stat. I mean, normally it's your, you know, your your midfielders, your 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 number ten, your number eight with the long ball, or th- maybe it's on corner kicks and set pieces, which is usually also from your midfielders. But these two seem to have a very special connection. Kerem actually really does try. To find Icardi behind the defenders. We've seen it many times. Uh, I mean, I feel like seven, even though that's very impressive, I feel like they could have had way more with just a little bit more luck. Um, so that was our first goal. And then Icardi, again, found the net in the 63rd minute. This time, Sacha Bowie, man. I mean, we, we criticize Sacha Bowie for not always finding the best cross. His crosses are too heavy. They're too wide, but this time I thought it was pretty perfect, right behind the defenders to where Cardi was. Do you want to explain this goal? Because I, I really did enjoy it, and I think you were saying you got quite hype when he scored. Do you want to explain this one? Yes, I almost <laughs> think my neighbors were going to call the cops because <laughs> I, I was going crazy. Um, so here's a scenario. Sasha Bowie has the ball, right? And he's going down the right side, and he's just looking for somebody to pass to, and he's not really finding much people, much options. And then, you know, what do people do? All right, you know what? I'm just going to fling it in. I'm going to try to find Icardi because this man just creates magic. So he flings it, in, like, into the box, and he finds Icardi on the far left post, and Icardi jumps in the air. And he's at such an angle, you don't expect him to shoot towards the goal. When when that happened, I don't know about you, Yasin, but I thought he was just going to lay it into the middle because Kedem was in the middle. That seemed like the logical choice, you ask anybody. But no, this man is built differently. They call him the Urzdushmana for a reason, right? So he heads it perfectly into the bottom left corner where Ali Shashal scrambles to get the ball and he messes up and it goes right into the net. And that brought us the 2-0 uh, you know, lead. 
and just I'm pretty sure many people were puckered up, asses puckered, <laughs> you know, just nervous as hell. And for me, it was just a relief, complete relief, man. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was per- the goal, guys. Perfectly said. I think not just you. I think ninety five percent of fans, if not a hundred percent, and most importantly, the goalie himself, Ali Shashal, thought that Icardi was going to cross that back in because it was it was deep ball. You know, Icardi kind of had to backpedal a little bit, and the angle was tough. He almost like positioned his body and his shoulders. Like he's going to actually head that back into where Kenan was. And Kenan. Yes, that's what I'm saying, bro. You never would have thought that he would try to like, shoot it in with his head. Yeah. And huge credit to Kenan for actually being there. Because by him being there, you create an extra thought. You you keep the defender busy. Right. And you keep the goalie guessing, okay, this guy Kenan, the attacker, is right in the box. Icardi, there's no way in hell he's going to hit it from that corner. And he actually has an option to cross it. So that's what he's likely going to do. Because if Kedem was not there and the goalie sees that, then he's going to be better positioned because he's going to say, okay, Icardi has no way to cross this to. He's going to shoot it on net and he would have positioned himself better. So huge, massive credit and probably underrated in this entire goal is Kedem's ability to get in the box. He is always a threat. Huge props to Kedem. But of course, huger props to Icardi for finding that corner. And be, be, as, as, as I just said, because of Kerem being there, the goalie was not in the right position. I think he slowly like took a step to the left, and that was just enough for Ricard to find the corner. And man, what a relief that was! Because it was one nothing, and you know how it is, man. Like one nothing. If the other team, if we make a mistake, if the ref doesn't give something or does give a penalty to the other team, before you know yeah, it's one one, and the t- everybody's panicking. And speaking of ref. I feel like it'd be appropriate to discuss the two controversial positions that we had during the game as well. Um, would you like me to explain those or do you want to take it away? Oh, man, I love how everyone always, when it comes to refs, just <laughs> defaults to me. But okay, okay. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain it and I'll get your feedback on it. Okay. That? So All the right. first and most controversial position, in my opinion, was in the first half, uh, Sivaspor Ro- player Rob- Robin Yelchin my god i'm like first of all let's just rewind like 30 seconds 10 seconds before the actual position musleta has the ball we have control of the ball okay maybe we're not attacking as much as we want but we have control musleta takes the ball and instead of clearing it he plays it directly in the middle into uh lucas torreira who's providing support and again puts him in almost like a handicap situation like all right, you figure it out. It's like hot potato with Musleta and the ball sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah, instead of exactly. just clearing the ball and having the ball get the hell away from the danger zone, which is our net, he likes to play it from the back. And I get it. You know, you it's nice when it works and you keep possession of the ball. But Musleta, how many times, Musleta, have we lost the ball because of that pass that you make every single game and we've conceded because of it, or we've got yellow cards or red cards. this man just loves risk, bro. He just loves risk. Didn't he also lose money because he got tied up in something? This man is probably <laughs> a better two, bro. Like he just loves risk. Yeah, dude. I doesn't make so sense. Mad. Just kick it out. You're leading one nil. Why would you play that? I hate when he does that. It's so frustrating. I hate it. It's so frustrating because it's it's one thing to let up a goal 
from you know if if Sivasport played incredible, you know they scored a like a bicycle kick or a long shot, and you know Mosada can't like if it's a respectable goal. Okay, you you keep your head up as a player on the field. If Sergio, Lucas Torreira, Maritans, whoever, if they see Sivasport score a beautiful goal that we can't do anything about, then you say okay, like what the hell you want me to do? You, you put your hands up and you say respect. Now I'm going to do my thing because I had zero control over that. But when you make a mistake like that, when your goalie makes a mistake like that and you let up a goal, everybody's head goes down. They say, why did we just do this? Like we just shot ourselves in the foot. And that is mentally harder to recover from. And somebody needs to tell Musada this because too many of his mistakes is causing us goals. I mean, this is a thing over years. And hey, like if you're listening, I am Musada's number one fan. So I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but he just needs to be more aware. And this season especially, I feel like we've lost a lot of points in the last month or two because of the mistakes that Musleta is mistake- making. So anyways, he makes his pass and Torreira handles it pretty good. He turns with the ball, but freaking Robin Yalchin comes and like studs up, foot up on top of uh, the back of Torres' ankle slash heel. And my God, dude, I'm pretty sure I saw a turn ever so slightly. And he was on the ground for a while. And like, Emra, you see the replay very clearly. The ball was away from Robin Yalchin. Torreira was already gone. And he comes studs up. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if it was anybody with a red and yellow jersey that did that, it would have been a red card. No question about it. So he could have, I don't, like some people are saying he caught him, but it was a little lower than usual. It's like not above the ankle completely. But again, if his like foot was planted, that could have still potentially broke his ankle because of the way, like the angle he hit him at, right? And it's like, you don't, you don't, you're not even playing for the ball at that point. You're not going to get the ball. You're on the other side of where the ball is, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a red. I thought it was a red. There's not much to say about it. It's very, you know, it's an injury-prone uh, position. It's, an, it's a tackle in that, you know, scenario where you could have actually broken his ankle. Yeah. So, for me, it's a red. And I believe um Toro also said it's a red. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if many people care for his opinion, but I kind of do, so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always, you know, it's everybody, analysts and, you know, TV uh, people, they, they have varying opinions time to time. But it's always good to hear that somebody else agrees with you. Me personally, I yeah. thought this was borderline orange slash red card. If he if he gave a red, I would have been like, yeah, that's right. But the fact that he gave a yellow, you know, I almost understand it because it was it wasn't like with bad intent. It wasn't like a super late challenge. He just simply got beat, and you know, he was not careful with where he put his foot. Was it? Like, it wasn't to me like, oh, that was really intentional. It wasn't like, you know, he lost the ball. Let me step on Torres' foot so he doesn't get away. Like, it, w- it wasn't like that for me. And because of that, I can't complain too much. If it cost us a okay. game, I would have been obviously maybe a little more no, upset but about it. Not, look, and, I, and I'm just glad he's not hurt. I mean, that's how I look at it. Like, in that's hindsight. A, that's the thing, though. That's the thing, bro. Like, you say there's no bad intent. If you're going to injure me, that's, you know... A red card, man. Like, that's what I look at. Yeah. It, it For me, it doesn't matter on intent as much as it is how severe the, the situation was. You're right. 
I don't know how dangerous it was, right? Because like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to break your leg or your ankle. Whoops. You know what I mean? Like, and like if his foot was planted, it would have been banco broken because he had his foot lifted. He's a very nimble guy. And I think that's why he's so like fast. He's just very nimble. He's always on his toes. And if he wasn't, there would have been GGs for him. I'm telling you, it would have been yeah. really, really bad. For sure. Um, Emma, did, did the ref and VAR do us a solid and apologize minute 55 when Mertens stopped the <laughs> yeah, score attack? See, so yes, that, that see, a... I thought that was a red card. Honestly, I thought maybe that could they could give him a red card for that because he lifts his leg up and stops them on purpose. I don't know what the, the rules are, but he like he, Mertens slid and lifts his leg up and just stops the attack right then and there. Like, I don't know, Yasin. I, like, I, I don't know I, how I, the rules work there. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought I was completely expecting the ref to be called to VAR in that position because, first of all, Mertens is, I don't know what he's doing. Um, he slides like 20 feet to stop this ball and he knows he's not going to get it to it. And he knows that if that player got past him, they were going to be in some sort of a decent attack. And his intention was just to slide get the ball or maybe knock him a little bit, right? And yeah. the very last moment when he is about to knock the player down, he literally raises his foot and his leg up, studs up, and like, I mean, it's not like a severe impact, but still it studs up on the guy's like upper thigh, you know, chest area. I forget exactly where it was. Like, that's very dangerous. And like, I get it. His His knee was like not completely flat out. Like, it's not like... He went like leg up, like I'm coming for you. Like he actually folded or, you know, broke his knee a little bit. Like, you know, Mertens kind of softened the softened the blow a little bit. So it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't very dangerous, but still, like you can't left lift your leg like that. And in my opinion, if if <laughs> I'm just guessing here, if Robin Yalchun didn't make the tackle that he did and he didn't get the incorrect call. You know, if that whole thing didn't happen and they it was just Mertens, it, yeah. I think they would have really been like, you know what, let's give Mertens a red card. Because if, if Mertens got that red card after they didn't give the red card to Robin Yelchin in the first half, Out they would have heard it. They would have heard it. And they would it would have looked really bad for VAR. Like, you can bring any foreign refereeing association and be like, look at this red card that they didn't give and look at the one that they did give in the second half. Somebody would be in a lot of trouble. That, no, that's they my... wouldn't. They don't care, bro. You think these people care? Bro, the, their president, the, the MHK president is going up on being sports, literally saying, oh, we were wrong, sorry. And, and they're continuing the same bullshit. They're like, they've been doing this whole time. They're still doing it. They're still doing it, bro. They don't care. They have no honor, man. I don't think they would care. Yeah, maybe you're right, actually. Anyways, that's, that's sad. So fortunately, nobody got injured. Nobody important got a red card. And we got the two, po- uh, the three points. That's that's the most important thing. Now let's talk about the game, Emre. If that's fine with you, um, it is fine with me. Let's let's start with a really fun statistic. Okay. Prior to the last three games, we we let up six goals in two games. One was against Başakşehir. Uh, no, Besiktas. One was against Fatih Karagümrük. Three goals each. That is unheard of for Galatasaray. You know. We have the best defensive record, I'm pretty sure, in the league. And we usually have control. And if we do lose points, we it's usually one or two goals that we let up. We let up six goals in two games. Unheard of. And our response to that as we approach the final stretch of the season 
is to play a very controlled, very calm game. Are we as sexy as we usually are? Are we always attacking? Do we have a million positions like we normally do? Maybe not. And maybe some people are upset about it. Maybe we're getting criticized for it. But we're getting three points. We're getting shutouts. The last three games, we let up zero goals. Sivaspor, Istanbul Spor, and Istanbul Başakşehir Spor. Zero goals. Against Sivaspor, we had a 0.11 XGA. So our, our opponents are finding little positions. Istanbul Spor had a 0.3 XGA. Başakşehir had a XGA or XG? XG would be the expected goals for us. XGA is expected goals against. So, oh, okay, mm-hmm. the way I worded it maybe was didn't make sense. But yeah, we, we, we let up 0.17 XGA versus Başakşehir. So our defense, you know, we, we, we make sure to praise it, them every week. But man, truly, like, I think the way that we're playing itself, it just does not really give positions to the other teams. And right. I, I, so, I think that's amazing. Yeah, dude, I think these past three games if you like add up the xg that they the teams had that were playing against them i don't think it passed one no i don't think right <laughs> so like guys we didn't we're not saying my slide business did for no reason in may we haven't conceded a goal so so hopefully there's no jinx after this and you guys blame me for jinxing it but anyway what, what the statistic that i wanted to point out was i think this is the first time that golf said i had an XG lower than 1.0 because we were at 0.87. Oh, really? Um, yeah, according to FOTMOB. So, look, I understand that a lot of fans aren't, you know, super intrigued by the way they were playing. Um, and you could even tell it during the game. I felt like the fans weren't as um, fired up as usual. And, and I can attribute that to the way we were playing. It was very slow and methodical and more safe. And I get that. You're in the last stretch. You got to play more reserved as long as you keep your defense you know up top and like top notch making zero effort um errors or close to zero errors that'll bring you closer and closer to the championship and you can tell we're not going face first and leaving a ton of space in the back anymore you can see that um sergio Oliveira, who i thought yet again has had a bad game is staying further back and being that extra body in defense, helping out the team while Torreira is going and pressing the midfield, who I think is probably the MVP of the game. I, this man is literally carrying Sergio Oliveira and Mertens. He's he's just everywhere. I just I love this man. It's in it's insane that we got him for six mil <laughs> at his current age. It's crazy. It's cra- absolutely that he he doesn't he dude he deserves way better. In terms of being like at the top flight, but I'm glad he's at golf today, and uh, and it seems like he loves golf today. But we're playing slower, and it's not a bad thing, in my opinion, Gaston. So no, no, I, I, I mean, Emery, we're in the final stretch of the season, and I don't say this from the point of you know let's be safer and get the three points. I say this because our players are tired. I mean, Lucas Torreira is a different animal. He's an Ant Man for a reason. But Sergio Oliveira is. Uh, 30, 31 years old. Mertens is 35 years old. Like these guys are tired. Like this is the reality of the situation. Every single team. I get Mertens, but not Sergio, man. Come on, 30. I, I mean, Sergio is never, has never really been the player to, you know, cover the field. Like we knew this before we bought him, right? He is 
what we called a, a maestro, a player who can change the direction of the field, the ball, can play long balls, take shots. He was never really the guy to be like, okay, he's going to come in and play like NDIA and play like Torreira and play like Fernando and Melo and just win every ball, dribble up, dribble here. Like, that's not who he is. He's a more of a stationary player. And I don't mean like he just stands one place, but he doesn't run as much. And our system demands a lot of pressing. And we'll get to that too. But when Okamburuk demands this from his players all season in very tough games like this, they're going to get tired. Like, this is the reality of the case. And it could be a matter of confidence. It could be a matter of maybe he doesn't fit in our system perfectly. That's regardless of the situation. The reality is he's tired. And I'm glad that you brought up he's kind of a little bit more back. That's what you do. When, when you're on the field and you're shorthanded, your coach always tells you, okay, I'd rather have you walk around in the back than walk around up to, oh, actually, I think my logic just didn't make sense. But I'd rather have him be tired in the back and help out than just stand around in the midfield or up top and do nothing. Right, like yeah. he's, if he's gonna be an extra man, I'd rather have him do that in reality. So, and we took him off for Misho, and honestly, that made the biggest difference in my opinion. Like when he was on the field, I thought he was like really tired, noticeably tired. And when Misho came on in the 66th minute, like I, I feel like there was a huge difference in how we pressed and how we won the ball. Uh, did you did you see that yeah. difference too? Or yeah, no. I when you mentioned press, right? I don't know if you have noticed this. I think Okan Buruk changed up his tactics. Just a little bit. Why do I say this? Well, all season long, where have we been pressing teams? We've been pressing their back line all the time, every time, putting an immense amount of pressure there. And it used to work really well. And the game that it worked well, the best, was the Bashak Shea game, no doubt. But I think teams are just like started adapting to it and they just started yeeting the ball away as soon as any of our team um, players pressed. So what are we doing now? Are We're still pressing up, you know, but it's not as, you know, like the effort isn't as high as it was before. Where I think Okan Buruk made the biggest change was instead he thought, okay, they don't want to, you know, they want to hit the ball out towards the midfield. Okay, I will press the midfield then. What I saw this game and the game before is the amount of pressing that happens in the midfield. Like whenever Sivaspor gets the ball, they have no time to breathe. No time. Torreira's on them immediately. Mm-hmm. Even Sol- uh, Oliveira's on them immediately. Mertens, Kazimjan. It's like everyone converges in the middle. And I, if I can find a heat map of all the lost balls, you'll find that most of it happened in the midfield. And we had a ton of chances that um, derived from those uh, pressing, you know, like um, incidents where they lost the ball and we recovered it. I don't know if you've seen that, like if you noticed that, but that's something that caught my eyes. Like we transitioned from a front press to a midfield press. And I, I think it's better in the long run because teams just, they can't come at us at all. Yeah. And I think um, tied to that is we we purposely let teams kind of spread the field a little bit. They We allow them to kind of come up or let them play with the ball a little bit more often instead of constantly you know, just pressing, pressing, pressing the final third, that, that allows Sivaspor to play it safe and just come back. Then you, then you have to play against 10, 11 defenders at one time. And that's tough to do because there's just so little space. Now we almost invite them, here, come up. Bring, bring your players to the midfield. Bring your attackers up. And then that's when you said, like you said, 
attack him, win the ball, and all of a sudden you're on a half breakaway. Then you can use your speed and your quality, your ability to pass and finish with a lot more space in front of you. So I, yeah. I kind of noticed that today as well, where we we basically say, hey, bring it on to see what's for. Like we we trust our quality, we trust our ability to win the ball and defend. Show us what you got. Because we know we're gonna win the ball back and we're gonna have a lot more space for Kerem and Rashica to run and Icardi to to hopefully finish. And that's what we did. So great to see from uh, a couple tweaks and changes like that from Okamburuk and his team. Yeah, um, Pretty sure I'm not crazy, but yeah, that's what it seems like to me. I'm not like everyone that's listening. I'm not a crazy good analyst or anything. We're just fans, just recognizing patterns and just throwing our thoughts out there. But yeah, that's what I've noticed. And um, I do want to touch up on Kerem, man. Kerem has been excellent this game. I felt like he was amazing, man. And I he's carrying the midfield while attacking midfield. Torreira is carrying the rest of the midfield in terms of defensive duties. He's everywhere, but Keram. So I pulled up the stats. The last time uh, was Sergio Oliveira assisted was in the Kaiseri Sport game, which we won 6-0. That was over a month ago, bro. Okay? A month ago. And then if you look at Mertens, the last time he scored or assisted was in the Alanya game, which we won 4-1. All the games that we really needed people to come through, the midfield to come through, they haven't come through. And Keram, if you look at his statistics, the last two games, well, this game and the game prior, he assisted. And then before that, he also assisted in the Alanya and the Kaiser Sport games as well. So Keram has been keeping up and this kid is playing like 90 minutes every game almost and keeping that intensity going. So again, I feel like people are not giving Keram enough credit, but I think that's slowly turning, you know, the tides are shifting towards uh, him getting the praise. I've, if again, if his name was Keraminho, he would be getting all the praise right now. Yeah, for sure. He's he's definitely doing his part, and I mean, my only critique of of the way that he plays, and almost it might it might even be to Okan's, uh, you know, his the way that he guides Kerem on the pitch. But I wish he would play a little bit more wider sometimes, uh, the way that he did with uh, under Torrent. But again, this might be. Okan's preference. He might prefer Kerem to be basically a second striker. I just feel like sometimes it clogs in midfield a little bit too much when you have Kerem always like near Icardi and then obviously you have Sergio yeah. and Mertens there too. It almost feels like one side of our pitch feels empty and un- underutilized. In this case, you know, we have Kazim Jan. But that's now. where the wingers, uh, back uh, wingbacks. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, where they th- come into play. Yeah, in this case, it actually works out fine because Kam- Kazim Jan uh, actually has been doing a really good job getting up and down the pitch. He's using his youth, his energy to do that. He could, of course, yeah. you know, we mentioned it before, he can do a better job with his final passes, but he is making himself available. You know, there were a couple of times today where we were able to find a through ball to Kazim Jan. And he's working well with a lot of our players, you know. Luke yeah, he's Soreda, still young, man. Yeah, he's still young. He's like 20 years old and he'll he'll learn a lot. He'll learn. I know. Yeah, but like Icardi, Oliveira, Lucas, Mertens, they're, they're recognizing Kazim John and his ability to get up and they're playing those through balls. You know, sometimes when you're new to a, a, a teammate that's, that you're not regularly playing with, you, it takes you a while to recognize where they want the ball, if they can get to a ball or not, you know, their speed, their acceleration, if they can control it or not. But our team, 
recognizes Kazimjan pretty well. They realize he has good control. Honestly, I think he has good control. If, you know, sometimes Abdukerim plays uh, a chipped ball to him, you know, and Kazimjan does a really good job controlling it and making a pass immediately. So they're using his strengths for the team's benefit. Um, and he wasn't that good at this game, though. He missed a lot of chips and yeah, it went he, out to the throw-in. Yeah, some of them were a little bit difficult, but I think overall he's been pretty decent. Um, yeah, again, overall he's uh, good. Overall, I think he's good. I think for his age and the minutes that he's been playing, he, it's, he's a player that we can trust. You know, do we still need maybe a better left back for uh, you know European leagues next season? Probably, but I think he's creating less of a worry. I mean, we had that left back worry all season. I think he's kind of uh, deflated that a little bit the last few weeks. So good for him. He's cementing himself there slowly. You can tell, like he's made a bigger difference there than Adekugbe. Like you can, pr like you can tell, like yeah. when you watch the games and you see all the positions, you can see like Kazimjan just gives you more of a uh, a comfort knowing that he's there. Whereas Adekugbe, I feel like he can mess up any minute. And defensive wise, Kazimjan is pretty good. I don't think he really is missing much of what Adekugbe has. Maybe even better. You know, so I don't know, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, sure. no, he's he's slowly meshing with the team, bro. Someone I think who's not meshing as well he used to mesh, Rashitsa, bro. What's going on with Rashitsa, bro? I don't know. Like, is it me or is it? Does it feel like he's just like losing form or he's just not being able to mesh with the team like is the chemistry off it's because you can see the chemistry between Kerem and Icardi but Rashitsa it just doesn't seem like he has any um, bond with anybody that 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 one two play it just feels off when I watch him as of late his defensive duties yet again are great but attack wise again I think he's like normally a left winger playing on the right wing because he's right footed if I recall I, and um I don't know man I think the do you bench him for Zaniolo next game no, nah, nah, I don't. I don't do that. Um, <laughs> oh, we don't do that here. I think Rashica, even though his general performance has not been as good as we expect and as we've seen before, I think he's still really crucial to this team with the energy that he brings. Um, and I think he doesn't look as good as he normally might as a result of the surrounding players around him, especially in the midfield, you know. I think Mertens and Oliveira more clearly, more noticeably, their performances are down. And I think because of that, that affects Rashica as well. And I think there were a lot of times this game, actually, where Rashica was in the right place uh, for a layoff or a shot or he made a run. And we're just not getting him the ball uh, as quickly or as timely as we should be. And I and I kind of felt frustrated on his behalf because again I see him open and he's just not getting it. The dude has a shot. There there was one one shot that he took during the game. It was a pretty far out, but it was a hell of a shot. It was just over the bar, and mm -hmm, maybe yeah. from distance you might say, oh, like there was that was nowhere near target. But from there to take that shot, the confidence to have it, that's great. And I think it was two weeks ago he took a shot. Uh, he was dribbling right, and then he shot left. Goalies can't do anything about that. It was a great shot, and it hit the hit the post and went out. Like if that went in, we would be talking about completely differently about Ashisa right now. He was the lowest rated player on the team today. Just yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's not 
hard to believe. I mean, if from my eye test stats aside, I think Sergio was yeah, probably the our weakest he's... link today. Um, he was also just like really bad with decision making, Emma Sergio. Like, yeah, he just why is he taking the ball and dribbling, bro? You cannot <laughs> dribble with the ball. Why are you doing that? Well, your your job is to see passes and distribute those passes, passes that most people can't see. But if you're only passing at the level that Torreira is passing, what good is your skill set? Like, did he make? I think he made one really good pass to Cosm John. He set him off. And then Kazan John, uh, you know, crossed it into the middle. I, apart from that, I don't really recall any of, like crazy pass that Oliver made. Sometimes you'll see like someone's like open, and you expect, oh, Oliver got that. He sees that he's gonna pass. He stops, turns around, and just passes back or something. But what's going on, man? I feel like we do need someone with um some vision, man. An yeah. eight that can attack, that can defend, and has some speed, and can just see some of these passes. And distribute these passes that yeah. uh, Oliveira is like. That's one thing we need to get for sure mm-hmm. next season. And uh, Murray's sure. back up. I think I think a player that can play both eight and ten, like interchangeably, without dropping a beat, uh, I think would be ideal. Because obviously Mata is not going to be here next season. I, I don't think he's going to be here next season. As or he's going to retire, player, man. There's no player, way he plays least. anywhere. I hope yeah, he comes yeah, back yeah. as an assistant coach, but. Mertens is getting older. I think you can almost think of it as Mata will be dropped from the squad and Mertens might take his spot as like the backup 10. Yeah. And then we find a new 10 that's actually like younger, has a little bit more to offer from a shooting and passing perspective and hopefully can press nearly as good as Mertens. And then another player to really keep Oliveira on his toes because... Right now, the the players that's going to challenge Sergio in his spot is Rashica and Barkan. And they're both good players, but they're not players where you have a convincing argument to be like, hey, Sergio, you're sitting the bench today. Rashica's starting. Sergio, you're sitting the bench today. Barkan's starting. That is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I meant to say Misho. Did I say Rashica? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, huh? <laughs> no, when does Rashica play number eight? I met I met Micho, Micho and Berkan. Those are the two guys uh, that I was referring to. But we'll see. Um, TBD on that. I, I think there are rumors that we're interested in some new midfielders. But concentration, hashtag concentration. That that is what we're about currently. Um, so yeah, that that's that. Yeah. Um. So, dude, again, our defensive backline, pretty good. Almost zero mistakes. Concentration at an all-time high. Again, Muslera probably could have went for, uh, you know, sit down and have a good, you know, tea session and come back and still would have been fine. Yeah. What do you think? To, he only had to make one save today. Um, he was he was chilling. Yeah, he didn't really have much to do. And credit to, again, our defense and mainly Sergio uh, Lucas in the midfield. They cleaned up a lot of the mess before they became a problem for Muslera. If Musara did anything wrong today, it was that one or two passes out of the back. Yeah, um, and maybe absolutely. maybe that's the reason why he's doing those dumb passes because he's so bored and wants a little bit of action. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, nah, he, risk, did. man. I'm telling you, man. This man bets. Yeah, he yeah. he invests in crypto as well, probably. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't want to comment too know. much on that, but yeah. That's Musleta guy's clean sheet. 
and I'm sure there's maybe some sort of bonus tied to that. And, you know, well-deserved. Speaking of that, I saw a statistic that if Muslera gets two more clean sheets, I think he breaks a league record. So if he gets... If he closes his goal against Ankara Gujur and Fenerbahce, he breaks a league record. Crazy Damn. statistic. That would be some way to break a record, actually. That would like that would be a great way to end the season, to be honest with you. It looks tough, but it's not impossible. Um, you think okay. Musera is good enough at the current state he's in to carry on the torch in Europe and in the league? It's a tough uh, question, I know. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I think regardless if he's good or not, good enough or not, I think we do need to bring a new goalie in. Um, there's rumors of some foreign keepers. There's rumors of Urjan Shakur from Trabzonspor. Nah. A lot of that thanks. is TBD. And again, I'd rather not talk too much about rumors and stuff like that. But No, but I'm asking if you want, would you think he's like enough at his current state? Not that if we should. Or do you yeah, want? Yeah, I, I, I think he's fine, man. Musan is still very good. He, he makes little mistakes here and there, and maybe in the last month or two, he's made a little bit more than average. But I think he's still very good. Good shot blocker. Very good captain for us on, on the pitch. You know, it's difficult for a goalie to have a lot of say, being the last one in the back, and maybe a lot of action, especially for a club like Alsai, is in the midfield yeah. and attack. But still, I think he's. If I'm a Galsai player and I see Musada behind me, I feel a little bit more comfortable and safe even with those mistakes. So I'd rather see him continue. I think he has another couple of years on his contract. Um, he I has one more year, I think. Okay. I think play it out. Um, if, if, if we find a good opportunity for a, a backup or somebody to compete with him, do it. You know, at the end of the day, we are Galsai fans, not Muslada football club fans, right? We're, we, we care about Galsai most. If what's best for this club, decided by Okan Buruk and our board, is to bring in another goalie that start over him, so be it. But in my personal opinion, I think it would be. I think he should stay as our number one goalie. I think he still has it. You know, he's he's still good. He's it's, he's a goalie. Goalies play long past the average age of you know a you know a field player, right? So he he still got it. I think as long as he can avoid injuries, that is. Yeah, even when he does get injured, he works hard to get back quick. Yeah. Who would have expected after that uh, injury against Trabzonspor he would be back? Like he, like he, he, he came back despite the expectations of when he would get back. Right, he got back way earlier. But again, we love Muslera. It's just uh, you know provoking thoughts here, thought experiments yeah. for you guys. We don't hate. We love Muslera and Yasin stated already. He's big, like number one Muslera fan. You have a jersey from him, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, All right. Emer, if, there, if there's nothing that you want to discuss in detail, I'd like to finish this off with a couple stats, which I found interesting before we move on to yeah, the shoot. next game. So, Mario Icardi. Mario Icardi. Mario Icardi. Mario, Mario. <laughs> Mario Icardi. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, is, became the first foreign player to score five consecutive goals for Galsai in the Super League since Mario <laughs> Jardel <laughs> in August 2000. Damn, 23 Think years about that, later, man. man. Dude, 23 years later, first foreign player. Okay, you might naturally think, okay, you, you kind of confine the search a little bit by putting foreign up there. But like, think about our last strikers in the last 
how many years like most of them have been foreign i guess maybe burak yilmaz might be the exception to that and he's turkish but we've had falcao when he's healthy uh we've had drogba right we had almandar we had a lot of good strikers that you would think maybe have a chance of a record like this five consecutive goals it's got side we're always scoring but man that that's that's a stat right there I that's think. dude again we really need to like look get I, him lock him in <laughs> I did say last game that he wasn't great, but he just finds a way to score. And then imagine a Cardi that is in form, in shape, and just hungry for success. That is just going to be a whole different ballpark, a whole different game. And, oh man, if we just get a card, that would be one of the craziest transfers. Like, it's already a crazy transfer, but it's alone. But if you get to keep him, that's next level. Like, imagine if... um. Besiktas kept Abu Bakar or what was his face last time? Mario Gomez when he was going off on them, right? Like yeah. names like that. Like that, that's serious. Uh, strikers that carry a team. Like literally he's carrying the team right now. He's scoring goals that are like aside from Kerem, like, like you don't expect him to score the goals that, you know, that he scored the second goal in particular, right? Just out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. like Houdini, man, making things appear and disappear. Yeah, he's it's crazy. He's, he's a great, great striker. Um, so that that's awesome. And this one is targeted towards my boy Summit, who's not here. But is it a Yusuf most consecutive games not played at goal today? Oh, okay, Emre. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say about that one. Uh, Yusuf will <laughs> bounce back next season, hopefully. But no, it has to hopefully, do with bro. it has to do with Sivasport uh, and Riza Chalambai. Galsai is the team in which Sivasport coach Riza Chalambai has lost the most games to in his Super League career. Like, no team has been Riza and Sivas more than Galsai. Oof! No wonder he's always crying. That that feels good to me personally. And speaking of defeating Sivaspor, this is the first time that Galsai defeated Sivaspor in both the home and away game in one season since 2014-2015. So it's been... We became champions that year, didn't and we? we? And yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, we, we became champions that, that year. So listen, man. It sounds kind of nice. You know, we won there. Maybe this year as well, TBD, but... TBD. Good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah, yeah. What is your vibes for, uh, if you don't mind, the yeah. Ankaraguji game? Man, this is tough. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I Many weeks ago, when we were looking at the last stretch of our games, I said, this is probably our toughest game because this is a game we're playing away. I mean, we played a couple of away games recently, but they were still in Istanbul. So it didn't really feel like an away game as much as right. this one will. Uh, Ankara Guju are currently, uh, they are in 14th place. They are five points clear relegation. So at the moment, at the moment, they do have that pressure, that worry to potentially be relegated. And that is always a scary and dangerous thing when you play against a team that is in relegation. You don't want to mess with a pet, an animal that is sick and angry and hungry. 
You don't want to yeah. mess with the team that is near relegation because they will do their best to make sure that they stay in the Super League. For their own good, for the team's good, they probably have all sorts of bonuses and incentives tied to this game so that they win in the same oh, league. Yeah. So it is going to be very tough. Um, with that said, Galsai is also a very tough team. Galsai, if they win against Ankar Guju, if we win against Ankar Guju, it doesn't matter what Fenerbahce does next game. We are champions. Yeah, like we are 100%. going into that game, Emma, with the mentality that if we do what we did the last three games, play focused, play safe, play defensive, do not make mistakes, do not play silly. But Emre, uh, Kerem, Rashica, Martins, Icardi, do your thing, make your runs. You'll get the ball, finish in the box. We need one or two of those, and we're done. We will win. If we go in with that mentality, we will become champions. We will win that game, and I think we will win that game. As tough as it is, I think we will win that game, and ever we will come back to play the last home game versus Fenerbahce as champions already. That is my prediction. The score, that is your... the score to fi finish it all off, Emre, is going to be... It's gonna be okay, Mr. Octopus. Let's go. It's gonna be, <laughs> you know, I want to say two nothing, but we just we just won two nothing three times in a row. What are the odds for us to win two nothing again? I'm not sure. I'm gonna be confident and say three nothing. Three nothing. Wow. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna score, Emre. We're gonna get a little taste of that championship, you know, brewing up, and we're gonna get another one. And at that point. Ankaraguju is going to be defeated. They're going to be like, all right, this game is already gone. What are we trying here for? And we'll get another one. And that's it, 3-0. I yeah. don't know if that'll be the case because they're, they're hungry for a win. They need some wins. But if they win their next game, which is against uh, Imranie, right, they might be a little bit more comfortable. So it depends. They also play Bashakshed right before our game, right? And five days later, they need to play us. So anything, anything can happen. Between those two games, there can be injuries, suspensions, you name it. So, you know what they say, you it's know, there's a... Is it Yeah, like any... No, like, there's a... Hashem Bihayiruvarde, right? So, you yes. never know what happens. Again, if we tie that game, even if we tie that game, worst case scenario, we tie that game, we're going into the, ne the game after with three points. So, again, everything is in our hands. It's, it's up to us. As long as there's no ref shenanigans, it's all in their hands. And I think this team has the capability to do it, to make it. And in the last championship we had, we also played away and won away and cemented our title, if I recall. Yes. Sir. One of them was Gustepe, and I can't remember the other one, but... Yeah, the last one was Gustepe. I think that's when um, Gomez, Gomez scored the penalty, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. And just, 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 just so we set the scene, guys. I mean, Emre kind of touched on it. Um, if we win against Hankaraguju, automatic champions. If we tie and Fenerbahce win their game versus Antalya Spore, if we tie and they win their game, the last game will decide the championship. But Fenerbahce will need to beat us by three, more than three goals for, that, for them to become champions. Three goals if the goal differential is not in their favor. So they need well, to be no. as 4-0. Four, four it's head-to-head it's, uh, it's head first. 
So right. The, so look, look. If they hit, beat us three nil, like if they're beating us three nil, then they look at the goal average because then we're tied on head to head. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They have to beat us by more than three goals. So they have to win like okay four nothing or five one or six two. You get it, right? So mm-hmm. if we tie, that is the situation. And if they win, if Fenerbahce lose or tie versus Antalya Spor, we're champions. No matter what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even if we lose the the, the upcoming two games. Yeah. We're champions. Yeah. Like we, we can lose versus Ankara Gujur. God forbid we lose against Ankara Gujur. And Fenerbahce lose or tie versus Antalya Spor away. They play away. We are champions. Yeah. Yep. So we're almost there, my, my friend. Almost there. Very close to sweet victory. But we have to wait a little bit longer than usual because next weekend is round two of the election for turkey so we have to wait just a few more days i think our game will probably be sometime midweek um next week i want to say so not well, next weekend but maybe the week after that like during the week maybe it like, says tuesday may 30th so uh, is that if official nothing though changes, i'm not sure yeah okay. i don't know hopefully it stays official but okay. it's uh, i think I don't know. I don't let me speak out without knowing. If anything changes, we'll go, uh, we'll let you guys know. Yeah. If you follow us on Twitter, that is you'll true. see. That is true. So apparently our players have two days of vacation after this game. They deserve it. Take a little bit of a break. Relax. Come back focused. And then we're in the final stretch. Um, so with that said, man, I, I think we're good on this this episode. We got, the, we got the clean sheet. We got the win. We are almost there. Champy. Almost there. Almost there. We got there. one hand on the on the trophy, on the handle. We got one hand. It's up to us to reach out and put the other hand and lift it. Yeah, man. And uh, with that said, thank you all from around the world for listening to us. Again, for supporting us. Love y'all. Today was a glorious day. I hope the next time you guys hear us, it'll be a very good day in our name. Mm. If you have any questions, if you have anything at all, if you want to reach us, say hi. You can reach us at the Lions Den GS on Twitter and Instagram. If you want, we also have a Discord community where we get together and talk. We play video games. We do whatever. Talk about anything. Hit us up for your very special invite. And with that, you will receive a GOAT status for coming from Twitter or Instagram. And yeah, till the next one. Take care and peace out. See you guys.